DDCO at the plate. He's over for two today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. Well, last week saw some of the coldest weather in the history of Chicago, at least in the history of recorded weather. So, of course, uh, last week, Jeremy and I decided to go to a baseball game in rural Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I, it's hard to believe that um, in the week of like the polar vortex, uh, we were able to see an actual baseball game, but we did. Yeah, it was, it was an indoor baseball game, and it was high schoolers, uh, but it was baseball nonetheless. But there yeah. was a lot of debate. Uh, between Jeremy and I over whether we should go or not. Ultimately, we decided to, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So let's just let's just set, set the scene here. So obviously, okay, so we're in the doldrums of, of winter here in Chicago. And um, yeah, around this time of the year, you're really just grasping for like anything. Like, you know, you're... you're uh, I was watching the, the Caribbean World Series today on uh, ESPN and I was loving it because um, it's something. It's baseball. Yeah, I saw that Brad Boxberger signed a one-year deal and like my, <laughs> my ears perked up at it. You yes. know, that's how that's how desperate we are for baseball news at this point. Yeah, exactly. So so a couple of weeks ago, I started researching like, you know, what we could do to go, um, you know, just, you know, we're always looking for things like that we can go to like events or whatever, especially during the off season. And um you know, uh, Jared Kalanick, um, who got drafted sixth overall, I think, mm-hmm. by the by the Mets mm-hmm. uh, this past June, mm-hmm. um, is out of Wisconsin. And so we were, you know, like the story with him is that he played on like travel teams uh, in high school and then he got drafted out of high school. So I was doing some research and like I found out that the team that he played for is called the Hitters. Um, and they're based out of um, Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, Racine, uh, Caledonia, whatever. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, so that's not that far from us. It was like an hour and 20-minute drive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at their thing, at their uh, website and everything, and we found that they were playing, um, you know, September 2nd is when we went, right? Yes. I believe so. Um, so, so yeah, so we, um, you know, I did, we, I inquired with them. I sent them an email. Or did you mean February 2nd? February 2nd. So okay. Did I say? Okay. Uh, yeah. September 2nd. Okay. Yeah. February 2nd. <laughs> um, and so, um, so yeah, so they, um, so, so I, I contacted them just to get the info and yeah, you know, it was open to the public. So we, we went basically. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was quite the, uh, quite the journey there. Um, so Jeremy on his, uh, GPS, uh, found that there were actually two addresses listed for this place. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened basically was I was looking at the website and like um, their website is actually pretty good for like the operation that they are. I mean, they're actually I think they're doing pretty well because, you know, it costs money to, to you know, uh, league dues or whatever, like to, to be on this travel team or whatever. Um, and they do like lessons and all kinds of stuff. So I think they're doing OK for themselves. But so they have a website. And uh, if you click on the individual game, um, uh, it shows an address. Um, and, but then when you Google like the hitters, there's another address. So there are two addresses out there. I should also, also mention that this game was, uh, it, it was a Friday night and it started at 9 p.m. Central Time. Yeah, and not, uh, Jeremy and I, uh, never in the history of our baseball-going uh, days, have, have been to a game that started that late. Maybe a doubleheader, the second game of a doubleheader. Yeah. But we were trying to figure out why, and uh, actually Jeremy came up with a pretty plausible explanation of they need time to like have the parents get off work and have the kids get out of school and to be able to... like 
actually get to the game. The the uh, yeah. the visiting team uh, who was playing the hitters were the Chicago like sponsored by the Chicago White Sox and were from the Chicago area. Yeah, the White Sox ACE, which stands for Amateur City Elite. Okay, yeah. uh, uh, so you know they needed time to probably be bussed to the game, so that's why it started so late. So it was a late start and a late night for us. Yeah, I was thinking about that, and it's like you know when you're in Little League or whatever, the game start at six or something, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's kind of just like they're like, well, we got to get these games over with. And, you know, if uh, if Bobby can't show up, you know, he just won't play that game. But yeah. it's like these games are too, like, important for, like, some kid to miss because he got detention or something. So I yeah. think they're like, all right, let's just start at 9. Yeah. And there was there were two games on the schedule. So there was one at 9 and one at 11, which yeah. is crazy. Like, yeah. I, I was going to, like, write them and just confirm. I'm like, are those times right? But, I you know, we, we skipped that. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you think most of these kids probably don't drink coffee either. So <laughs> they're probably, I'm tired. Maybe they just have more energy. I don't know. That and they probably drink Mountain Dew or something. Right, so. right. So there you go. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, so we, um, you know, the weather broke in Chicago. And, like, that Friday it was actually warmer. Um, it was a little slick. But uh, we drove up to Wisconsin and uh, we made it to the game. So we went, we picked um, the, the one uh, address that like was listed for the game specifically, not for the hitters in general. So we went. So we like got off and like you know we went uh, we went east once we got off the uh, the expressway, and um, we're driving down like you know these like um, desolate, dimly lit uh, Wisconsin road back roads, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point we saw like two people on like uh, like like snow cats or whatever yeah like a la the shining <laughs> yeah yeah well the the town that we ended up in uh at for this first site was called husher, husher. Uh, wisconsin which sounds like the name of a town from a stephen king novel yeah like for it's sure. it's uh it's like stupid but it also <laughs> like could be real yeah it would be it would the, the, the publisher would give him a note like saying like steve let's let's change that up a little bit it's a little too on the nose <laughs> yeah but, uh, this is it's a town with a lot of secrets and not a lot of secrets get out yeah. Well, we saw a bunch of like dive bars as we were driving oh, there. Man. Jeremy speculated that he may not be welcome in some of them, <laughs> which is probably accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they like my kind um, <laughs> at, at some of those places. But they were uh, they were like legit. Like it's like small town, one central bar. Everyone hangs out there, mm-hmm. and like. I can only imagine what it was like inside. Mm. But, yeah. mm-hmm. So the the place we ended up at, uh, it was like, um, so it it looked like a, a tiny warehouse. Yeah. I almost want to say. So basically, you're driving down like a, a you know a a dark road, and like you're just looking for something. And I knew. I knew that like once we saw it, we weren't going to have a lot of time to turn off, you know. And like, yeah. some guy was behind us, like flashing me to go faster or whatever and so we we get to where the address is and so we're looking like on both sides and on the on the left side of the road we see this like it's like a industrial park basically it wasn't even that really it was just like a lot Mm -hmm. yeah with like a warehouse inside yes and um it was like a sports training facility it was was like i forgot what it was called like it was actually called gallo sports i remember that because i was thinking of joey gallo oh there you go okay um so we drove up there and uh at first we were like is this it but we figured it couldn't be because there were only three or four cars parked outside. Yeah. Of it. Uh, there was movement going on inside. There was like a little, a small window, like a slit that you could see. Yeah. In, and I saw a dude's head like move past there. Yeah. So there yeah. were people training in there. Yeah, yeah. The lights were on. I mean, this this looked like a loading dock, basically. Yep. That's, yeah. what it, that's what it looked that, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looks like, yeah, the back of like, you know, a grocery store or something. But like, um, so, so yeah. So we were like, this can't be the place. Yeah. And so 
um, we went in the parking lot and like, you know, there's a lot of snow on the ground too. Like I was having these visions of my car getting stuck mm. or something. Yeah. And like then some guy coming out like with a chainsaw yeah. after us. Um, um, and Ed Gein, if you will, um, yeah. being in Wisconsin. But um, so, um, so yeah, so we looked at the other address initially and um, well, me and Jack were like, we're, we're not going in there, like into that place. Cause I thought, you know, a different person would go in and be like, "Hey, is this the game or whatever?" And like, yeah. "No, okay, thanks." Yep. Um, but we, we neither of us wanted to go in, so we're, we looked up the other place, and it was eleven minutes away. Yeah. Um, so we figured, well, that's close enough to to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, one astute observation that Jeremy made too was that like you know we were seeing a, a visiting team, so there was no bus in right. this parking lot. Exactly. Yeah. We we figured, well, maybe there's no parents showed up, but like there should at least be a bus. Yes. And there was no bus. Uh and so before we decided to go to this this other place, uh Jeremy said, you know, if there's nobody at this other place, then we're going back to Gallo Sports because <laughs> yeah. we're not we're not going back empty-handed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> interestingly enough, I, I think if we had gone into Gallo Sports, like we legitimately could have seen like Kellenic working out. Yeah, like, he's probably not with the um, the team yet in their minor league spring training. Yeah. so he, he might still be. I mean, Mike Trout lives in New Jersey in the off season with his parents. Yeah, true. So you know that could have been Kellenic there. Anyway, yeah, thankfully. He, we didn't have to cross that bridge. Yeah, he would have been like, guys, I need someone to shag balls. Get, get out there. Yeah, yeah. Hit us in the knee or something. Missed the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. So we drive to this other place, which was in Caledonia, Wisconsin, and uh, we, we, end up, we end up finding it. Yeah, we went down a similarly dim road. Yes. And this one was like a frontage road, so it was running along uh, 94, the main... Uh, interstate uh you know connecting chicago and milwaukee um and it, and we're running along this thing and we're like i don't think this is it either mm-hmm. this one looked even like less promising for for a little bit um and then we like you know we were getting closer and then we saw these like little turnoffs and there were like you know it, it was an industrial area and then like yeah lo and behold like the clearing happened and we saw this building that said hitters like it had like a big uh, a big bright sign that sign said uh, with that in the shape of a baseball uh, and it looked like a a, a hangar at like an air an yeah. airport yeah. Uh, that's about that's about what the size of it was for sure um, and Jeremy saw his precious bus in the in the parking <laughs> we lot we saw the bus and yeah. so we knew um, it, it was a nice bus too it was like the type of bus that would transport like a visiting uh, major league team yeah. from like the hotel to the stadium yeah, so def- it was nice yeah like a charge bus, mm-hmm. like a nice charter bus, um, and the parking lot was pretty full. It was, it was. So we had found it. So, um, so yeah, that was good. We didn't have to go back to Gallo Sports, luckily. No. Um, and so one of the first things I noticed when we went in there, and that was kind of a relief to me, was that they had a little uh, sign, like uh, taped to the doorway, that said like, "Oh, try for the food at our vending stand." Oh, and then right. They list yeah. like sandwich prices. So I was like, okay, so like people actually attend these games. Yeah, I mean, right. It's not super weird. Yeah, right. Because yeah, we didn't know. What we were walking into no. like we you know i was picturing like a, a bleachers like bleachers with like you know like five people on them or something right yeah but uh so so we walk in and this place is it's crazy it's just like and it was definitely information overload yes. there was just a lot going on yeah um, uh, there's like signs on the walls, there's trophies, there's like, uh, uh, bats and helmets and 
just like so many like like uh, like blown up like news stories of about yeah. like players and about teams. There's a bunch of like eight by tens of like former players who've come back to visit. Yeah, there's like some pictures. There's some pictures of Craig Council. Yeah, uh, yeah. When uh, uh, Marcus Hanel, uh, bullpen catcher for the Brewers, yeah. Travis Shaw, Ryan Braun. Uh, all these guys, most of the time, holding a puffy little white dog uh, that seems like the owner—it's like the owner's white dog. Which was the had. first thing that I saw when we walked through. Yeah, the there was somebody holding a dog uh, there. So the famous dog was there. Yeah, um, this dog looks suspiciously like Hank the dog. So yeah, it I'm did. not it sure did. if there's yeah. anything to that. It's like but, a small, fluffy white dog. Yeah. Um. But um. But yeah. So there is a lot going on with that. We should also mention that Craig Council's kid plays on one of the teams, but not the—he was playing the night after we went there yeah which was probably like the u either the u17 or the u15 team. i think it was yeah i think it was 15u because i okay. think we saw 17u yeah okay okay which would be the june the this year's junior high school class yeah because the kids we saw they they listed them as 2020s okay yeah so, um but uh but the white Sox listed them as like 17 under okay under, so okay um yeah and and uh so jeremy there were there were those eight by tens of uh you know established baseball players but there were also uh that they're big on like like acknowledging their alumni, mm-hmm. uh, so there, yeah, there were some uh, some major leaguers who played there. Uh, Jacob Junis yeah. uh, is one of the, and didn't he? So he pitched for the Royals this year, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah. Didn't he? Isn't he the guy who like hit Aaron Judge? Oh yeah, uh, in the I hand and broke his hand. So yeah, yeah thank you, Jacob Junis, for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's sort of like when you go to a minor league game and they list uh, all of the, um, you know, they have that that wall that lists all of the, the guys who've been there throughout the years. Yeah. Um. So there there was a, a list of that. Uh, Ian Kroll. Yeah, Ian Kroll was. A... He just signed with someone. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's still kicking around out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if he's a, a relief pitcher, he was a free agent. That's probably you probably saw his name on the ticker. That's you know the only news that's going. Not. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, yeah, so Alex McRae, uh, my brother's friend, who uh, who's been brought up several times here uh, on this podcast, he was he was an alumni there, yeah. I think, in 2013 or 14. So that's uh, that's the level of player we're talking about yeah. here is guys who could potentially make the major league someday. Yeah, um, definitely have aspirations for college or the minors. Yeah, I mean, when the sixth overall pick comes out of there, that's pretty. It's a big deal. Right, right. And uh, uh, Jeremy, the the guy for the Dodgers uh, was uh, first round draft pick two years ago, maybe. What oh was yeah, his Gavin name? Lux. Gavin Lux. Yeah. So Gavin Lux was also an alumni of yeah, the hitters. Right, so right. so yeah, we're <clears throat> talking about some serious uh, some serious talent here. Yeah. Um, and I noticed uh, when we walked in too, there's a big uh, big banner uh, which provides a list of uh, of tips. For trying out, and yeah. again, it's serious business. It's stuff they're like, you know, come in full baseball uniform, anything less, and like you will be judged like harshly for it. <laughs> when you get there, like uh, go off somewhere by yourself and like do your stretching and your running. Like uh, throw uh, to the point where you're going to get warm. Uh, like you know, also like don't like go full balls out like Pete Rose hustle on every play. Just like. Um, you know, just be be sound fundamentally. We don't want to see great plays. We want to see you just like uh, be be sound fundamentally. Sure. Um, and then like only swing at good pitches. Um, but it was all very serious. <laughs> uh, I remember Jeremy. I tried out for a select team uh, okay. twenty plus years ago. Okay. Uh, you know, it was the, I think it was the New Berlin Rockies. 
Um, And, like, I, you know, it was a tryout like that, right? Probably not for that level of team, but it was still a tryout for a select team. Sure. I did not make the team, Jeremy. Sure. Uh, I remember they they, they were hitting fly balls and having you catch them. And, like, I remember I caught my two, but, like, they were, like, diving catches when they probably... I Jim Jim Edmonds. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I didn't didn't get under them. So that's the type of thing they're looking for is, like, a kid who can, like, get track a fly ball and get under it. Sure, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, there you go. That's interesting. So, yeah. Um, so, obviously, it's a big deal for these kids to make the team. Um, they have to really prep for the tryout. And, um, you know, yeah. It's, so, it's a big deal for the kids to be to be playing on this team. Um, you know, it's not just any old team that anybody can sign up for. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely elite company. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, we walk in and, um, yeah, just the layout of the place is, is just weird. Um, uh, or, you know, it's just interesting. Like, um, so... Right when you walk in, uh, I mean, the, the field is there. It's, like, behind these, like, uh, big nets or whatever to make sure no one gets plonked with a foul tip or whatever. Um, but right there in between the walkway and the field are, like, there was, like, maybe five, like, round, like, kind of, like, patio tables, yeah. basically. Like, uh, or, like, like you know, just, like, hot dog stand tables mm-hmm. or whatever. And, like, people were sitting there. Actually, so we were looking for a place to sit. We were trying to figure out where to sit. And there was a sign that said, upstairs closed, even though I, I, it wasn't. Um, but, like, taking up, like, three of the tables were the White Sox kids. Yeah. Who were just kind of hanging out. Yep. We should also say that once you walk past that, on the left there's, like, a snack table or whatever. But once you walk past that... Um, there was like the training facilities and there were kids getting like stretched out and stuff. Yeah. And you know, Jeremy, I think, um, they had like bullpens sort of in that area. Cause I think yeah. that's where the pitchers who were going to come in got warm yeah. before they came in. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah, they had those up there and also, so the upstairs was not closed and ultimately we ended up sitting upstairs, but they also had like, uh, individual batting cages upstairs yeah. where um i'm not sure if you could do live pitching but definitely pitching machines yeah um, i think they i think you can do live pitching because okay. it said like um you know uh use of the machine was like a little more than if you want to pitch yourself or sure. whatever uh-huh. so um so there is that but yeah so yeah you go upstairs so at the snack table uh was a woman who was working there yeah uh jennifer i believe is her name okay. because um so I, I talked to her and like I said, uh, hey, you know we're 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 new here. Like uh, we've we've never been in one of these games. Uh, do we just you know we just grab a seat or whatever? And she's and I'm like, uh, you know, is there there's seating upstairs, but it's closed. And she's like, no, no, you can go upstairs. It's open. She's like, I'm gonna turn the lights off, but you'll get plenty of lights from the field or whatever. Yeah. And then I, I said like. Yeah, I, I was like, when I said, like, um, you know, we haven't been here, she's like, did you email me? Yeah. And, and I said yes. And um, uh, so she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, so she was like, oh, okay. Like, didn't comment on it or anything or, like, yeah. even say welcome necessarily. But yeah. it wasn't, like, wasn't, like, you know, rude or anything. She no. was just kind of, like, very matter of fact, I suppose. Yeah. And so we had, I had to talk with her later, which we'll get into, but... Um, uh, so we went upstairs to sit. Yeah. And like, that's where all like the batting cages were and everything. And, and we're right on top, you're right on top of the action. Like literally you're hovering above home plate, which is a vantage point. Like you'll never get to see in a major league game. No. And I was actually thinking that it was better that we ended up sitting upstairs. Um, when we eventually, Jeremy and I had towards the end, we moved down to watch a half inning downstairs and the yeah. view was actually much better from up there than yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. It was just, I feel like that upper deck like kind of cuts off your vision like, mm-hmm. looking up. It's almost like looking sitting in the back of the terrace reserve at uh, Wrigley Field. Like yeah, it cuts off your your upward sight or whatever. It does. So, so yeah, so yeah, I think we, we we got a good spot actually. We did, we did. Um, and so so eventually we we kind of settled in. 
And uh, we eventually saw some of the players long tossing, and when that was done, uh, we they they were ready to start. And so they the the umpire went over the ground rules with uh, the coaches and a couple of the players. Now now you could really hear everything uh, that was going on. So yeah. we were actually able to hear the ground rules, and actually some guy because I was asking Jeremy about something. Uh, some guy next to me also explained the ground rules to me after yeah. that. So let's go over the ground rules real fast for this bizarre game that we yeah, saw. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it wasn't until we got to the upper deck that we realized that there's no outfield. No. Um, you know, obviously you can kind of put it together because it's not. There's no way you can fit a major league baseball field, um, a 400 foot you know center field into this this uh, warehouse. So. Um, it's the field essentially is a square. Yep. Um, so it's really the it's like a major league infield size, but then like there's like no real like shallow left field is like the deepest it goes. Like if if a if a guy was like doing a shift and the second baseman like stood out, he probably would be at the wall. Yeah. But since it's a it's a square, there's a little patch of center field, so they do have like a center fielder out yep. there. But so so the walls are you know close. Um, so they have the yellow foul lines and everything uh, going down left field and right field, but across the walls in uh, you know in the outfield is a yellow is a horizontal yellow line, and they were they were talking uh, about the ground rules and like if it hits the wall on a fly uh, below the line it's a single and if it hits above the line it's a double, so that was the major ground rule. Um, yep. But then also, like, the ceiling, it's a low ceiling, too, and there's a net on the ceiling. So they said if anything hits the ceiling, it's an, it's an out. It's a pop-out, basically. Mm-hmm. It's tantamount to a pop-out or mm-hmm. a fly-out. And a lot of things, a lot of balls hit the ceiling. Yeah. That was how the majority of outs were recorded. And, and quite honestly, like, you know, the thought of it is, like, oh, that's kind of a bummer, like, you know, like, that that's an automatic out. But if it wasn't, the game would still be going on. <laughs> yeah, 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 most yeah. definitely. So it's it's fair, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you know, one, the the one of the cool things about like going to a game like that, just like when I went to the Arizona Fall League, or if you go to like a smaller time um, minor league game, kind of like the Beloit Snappers, mm-hmm. uh, is like you can really hear everything. Yeah, you can hear the umpires talking to the players. You can hear the players talking to each other. Mm-hmm. The coaches talking to the players. So we'll get into some of that of the stuff that we heard. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so like yeah, to start it off, um, we heard them do the ground rules and everything, which was cool. Um, and uh, and our buddy sitting next to us, uh, who may or may not have been the catcher's dad. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, he was yelling a lot of stuff at the catcher, but uh, you know, good stuff, just yeah. like oh, he's going, he's going, you yeah, know, yeah, things yeah. things of that nature. Yeah, and you know, also uh, Jeremy, I'd like to point out that um, you know. So like you think well what what's the point of this game you know like there's no outfield uh, you know and so so why why do this yeah um, <clears throat> I think it's because uh, you know you can't play uh, baseball year round in Wisconsin in the in in the Midwest right so uh, this is just a way for these kids to see live pitching and maybe like you know feel some live balls yeah and just not get so behind all the kids from Florida and Texas and California who can play baseball year round yeah exactly a majority of the kids who who you know make it to the majors are from like those warm weather states mm-hmm. and uh, there's just there's a small handful of, of cold weather uh, state kids who like make it to the majors and this is you know you know we talk about the guys who made it out of here and this that facility probably helps them uh, yeah you know, keep in, keep up to speed yeah um, 
uh, and also like they're they're experiencing like live like real life like live game situations mm-hmm. like they were holding runners on base yep and uh, you know throwing out runners on advances like on balls in the dirt and stuff mm-hmm. like that so like yeah I mean it was a good chance for them to to be playing competitive games on the first the second day of February yeah I mean this is what Evan Longoria was talking about when he said <laughs> that you know guys work their whole lives to to do this I mean uh, to to play in the majors uh, yeah. I overheard one parent say to a couple other parents like oh yeah you know these kids are going at it like three nights a week uh, or, or something whatever he said I mean you know you're thinking three nights a week uh, during the school year and in the winter time is brutal but that's the type of commitment uh, that these kids are making which is yeah, pretty cool one sure. more thing I want to mention about the field is that it wasn't like wasn't grass and it wasn't artificial turf yeah and like there wasn't dirt uh it would look like a carpet almost it looked like a carpet i i'm guessing it was field turf okay um, yeah because like yeah we were the first thing one of the first things we said was like well no one's sliding on this yeah and then like in the first inning some kid like advanced from first to second on a wild pitch and like slid yeah head first into second base or mm-hmm. whatever so uh it was interesting but yeah up close it does look like carpet but, it does uh, yeah uh but yeah so they they could slide uh so um so the, okay, so we mentioned that you know you could you could hear a lot of stuff uh, in the games, but I you know first uh, let's you know let's talk about the rosters themselves because yeah. the kids so the kids did not have names on the back of their jerseys. There's no um, announcer. No, there was no announcer. So uh, Jeremy uh, printed off some rosters for uh, both. Yeah, both this was teams. like a last minute. Well, the um, I I was looking a couple days before we went, and uh, I saw that the hitters uh, had a roster on their site. It says summer 2018 slash 2019. Uh huh. So I was hoping that that was still going to be um, you know valid, and for the most part it was. But then at the very last minute before I left uh, to pick you up, Jack, um, I. Uh, it was February first, by the way. Yeah, February first. <laughs> yeah, okay. so um, I'm looking at that right now. But um, so the, I I looked on some website. I don't even know what site it was. Um, yeah, it's indiscernible. GC.com. I don't know what that is. Um, but I just googled like White Sox ace rosters, and I found like a roster also from like fall 2018, and uh, yeah, it actually was uh pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um so. You know our little perch up there in the upper in the upper level. Um, we had like a table yeah. and like nice chairs and everything, and so we got to like spread out our stuff, and I got to like take my notes on a piece of paper or on a on a table, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, so I threw these rosters on. We we pretty much had the rosters. There was only like two or three guys who we didn't have names for. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got it all. Yeah, we had here. it all there, and actually the hitters roster that Jeremy printed out. Uh, had uh, had had some of the kids who had committed to colleges um, yeah. on there, and so you know, we, they, you had kids from the, committed to the University of Iowa, uh, you know, uh, University of Oklahoma. The pit, the starting pitcher for the hitters uh, had committed to Oklahoma. There yeah. was a kid who who was not there who had committed to Louisville, um, yeah. and even a pl- few players on the White Sox. They had an Oklahoma commit. They had a Michigan commit. Uh, and so, you know, these rosters reflected that. And uh, Jeremy, actually, during the game, he was able to look up some of these kids, all of these kids, really. On, yeah. uh, what, what was that website it's, you were uh, using? Perfectgame.org. Perfect game. Yeah, perfectgame.org. Yeah. I, I don't think I mentioned it before, but, like, around Christmas time, I found that I, like, you know, discovered this site. I, I knew it existed, but, like, I was getting into it because I've been, like, researching um, prep players and everything. And... Uh, um, at that time, in late December, it was you got full access to the site and like you could see like rankings of each player and like 
um, their state ranking, their position ranking by state, by national. And like I'm like, this site is friggin' awesome. Yeah. And I looked at it January 1st, and it was all locked out. Yeah. So it was like a free preview. I like messaged them, and they're like, yeah, that was just a free trial. It's like I wish, uh, I wish I had that just you know to see where these kids rank like amongst Illinois and Wisconsin yeah. players. But uh, um, but yeah, so. Um, so yeah. So anyway, we got some good info. There's still some like scouting, like like one sentence scouting reports on these kids. So. There is, and and something I like, Jeremy, is that uh, and you know we can get into a little bit of this now. Just the the, the skill level of uh, some of the players we saw. The starting pitcher for the hitters, uh, I think his name was Tommy Lamb. Yeah, uh, he was committed to the University of Oklahoma. He's a lefty, lefty, uh, a yeah. southpaw, and uh, I think uh, the Perfect Game website said that he was throwing he, his his fastball oh, yeah. averaged 87 miles an hour, yeah, yeah. which is pretty pretty good. Good. Um, yeah, so that like, put him in the 91st percentile, I think. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the starting pitcher for the White Sox, I think his name was Colin Malkowski. He yeah. averaged uh, 76 miles an hour on his fastball, which seems like seems worse than what Tommy Lamb was doing. But like that kid could probably strike me out. Yeah. So for sure. these, yeah, these kids were like good, and uh, the Perfect Game website kind of gave us some insight into how fast some of them were throwing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it was it was nice to see. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Tommy Lamb, the lefty. That's that's pretty good for a lefty. Yeah, that's say. pretty good for a lefty. I mean, that's what Brent Suter's throwing for the yeah. Brewers is eighty-seven miles an hour for sure. So we, uh, so, so anyway, we had mentioned that we could hear uh, a lot of the things that were going on, and so uh, it, it was interesting to hear the chatter uh, between the uh, the coaches, what they were yelling. Uh, some of them t- sometimes barking at the umpire. Just a lot of the players saying, "Come on, babe," you know, yeah, just yeah. just saying that. Uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting um, uh, from a coaching perspective, but it, it was when Tommy Lamb was still pitching. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, there was a runner on second base, and he he turned around to like try to oh, pick yeah. the kid off, but then he didn't end up throwing over there. And so then he got back into his uh, you know set to throw his next pitch, and his coach his coach yells at him. He goes, uh, "Hey, you know, like if you're gonna do that, you got to do it with the intention to throw over there. You can't just like you know fake it. Like you got to think, you got to mentally think you're going to throw it." Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. So, so yeah, you know, so we talked about we can hear the people. And, like, one of the things, this is something that you're not going to see in a professional game. But, like, it was interesting to see is, like, you could hear the coaches coaching from the dugout yep. onto the field. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like, they were, like, you know, follow through with that or whatever. Like, you know, so, like, Coach Coach Brandon for the hitters, mm-hmm. um, who had a distinct white, uh, Wisconsin accent? Oh, did he? I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Um, not not very heavy, but 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 noticeable. Um, uh, yeah, they're giving kids like 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 uh, notes or whatever uh, co- coaching tips um, uh, from the dugout, and like so it's it's interesting because like all the players can hear that. Yeah. But that's just part of the game. Yeah. Um, at one point, uh, there was like a nice. Uh, play by an infielder and like the first baseman couldn't pick it and like the White Sox coach said like see you got to get down on that like this kid he makes a great play and you you mess you mess it up or whatever yeah so, yeah so yeah these was, White Sox the White Sox coaches man they were characters I'll they tell were you what uh, yeah so at at one point um. Uh, well, during the first or second inning, uh, Colin Malkowski was kind of getting squeezed uh, yeah. by the umpire. So one of the coaches made a comment about home cooking. Yeah, he's uh, like, yeah, there's some home cooking there. That's a yeah. home cooking call right there. Yeah, and okay, so let's let's back it up a little bit. We need to talk about this umpire. The umpire, yeah, yeah, bit. for sure. So uh, Jeremy, the first thing that Jeremy said was that he looked like he was a biker in umpire <laughs> gear. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was in uh, true umpire fashion. He he was 
in about umpire shape, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in, a, in a Joe West style, maybe even a little more so. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's traveling traveling the, the country calling games, so he's got his own little neck of the woods, you know, like, yeah. uh, carved out, and oh, yeah. he's pretty comfortable where he's at, I think. He had, like, arm tattoos and stuff. Yes, he did. He had sleeves. He had, yeah. like, full sleeves. Yeah, the shaved head. Uh, so he, he kind of looked like a biker, or, like, at least a biker bar bartender or something. Yeah, yeah. He know? looked like he would have been hanging out at one of those bars in Husher. Yeah, and interestingly enough, there was a bar, like, just, like, steps from the hitter's facility, and we, I... I uh, hypothesize that maybe he lived in the back room. Yeah, I think bar. that bar was called the Lady Luck or something. <laughs> yeah, like that's that. right, Lady Luck. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So, so he was. It was interesting, but he didn't. He wasn't like a. He seemed like a friendly guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he wasn't like an intimidating biker type, but like no. definitely like kind of like uh, yeah, like a lovable like uh, tough guy or something. Mm-hmm. But so so he got into it a couple times with the coaches, um, and I I kind of feel like he would that, that he was squeezing the White Sox yeah uh, pitchers. So like yeah, he said he goes like um, yeah, that's a whole uh, like there was a ball right on the black on on the on the opposite corner of the plate, and like he called it a a, a strike and uh, um, or he didn't call it a strike, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, he's like that's a home cooking call right there. Um, At one point, there was another one where he said uh, the coach after a, after another bad uh, ball ball strike call. The uh, the coach for the White Sox said, uh, "Hey, just throw it right down the middle. That's the only thing he'll call." Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, stuff like that. And then, uh, do you remember what inning that was where the thing happened? Uh, mm, that was it. Was later in the game. Oh, it was I later think. because uh, Marquise Jackson was pitching. Yeah, right? yeah, he was pitching. So it was probably the fifth or sixth inning. Yeah. So he goes. So yeah, he the the, the highlight of it all, which I. A ser- like serendipitously caught on on tape, uh, so I can post that uh, to the website. Was um, he uh, he he threw it uh, like the the catcher or the pitcher was struggling in this inning, and the uh, White Sox coach goes, "Come on, come on, ump! It's nine p.m. Like we started at nine, we got another game after this. I don't want to be here till three. Yep. And the ump goes, "Told him to stop bouncing it then, and we won't have a problem or something. And then uh, oh no, okay, he goes. Tell him to stop bouncing it. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like he said, leave me alone. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, who is he, RoboCop? Because there's a scene in RoboCop where RoboCop says to Nancy Allen, leave me alone. <laughs> so that's why, what I thought of. But, you yeah. know, that's such a, a sad thing for the umpire to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, yeah. He's he, like some kid in the corner, like, during, like, lunch getting bullied. He's like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like this big dude this, with a shaved head. So that was actually when Marquise Jackson uh, was pitching. So that must have been the fifth inning because... Yeah. Uh, the uh, or the sixth. So there was a weird. So it was supposed to be a doubleheader. So there was yeah. like a weird ending to the first game where neither team was really sure if the first game ended and the second game began. Yeah, I think it was the White Sox didn't know that it was a new game. No, it was very weird. Okay, so like like we were close. The the both benches were on the same side of the field, which was the opposite side of where you walk in. Because uh, they're so they're right up against the wall between the wall and the actual like first the right field foul line, um, so uh, we were close. The the hitters were closer to us, so we could hear them more. And like I heard them saying like you know how many are we batting in this game like eleven okay all right and so like they were pretty much on top of it. So then you know the game goes on whatever. Um, I mean I the the score isn't like 
a meaningful part of the game. It's no. not really about that. I think the score was maybe like was it like two nothing White Sox? Yeah, or, I remember or two like nothing two to hitters? one or yeah, it was like two to one or three to two. It was surprisingly a low scoring game for as much as like like as for as long as it <coughs> took. Essentially, it took like two hours. The, yeah, the, pretty much the two hours that was planned. But um, they get to the and we were trying to hypothesize about like what. Like how how long the game was gonna be, and I, I was guessing it would be six innings or whatever, like most like uh, literally games are, I suppose. Um, uh, but um, it comes to the bottom of the sixth, was mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. So the the White Sox hit in the top of the sixth, and then like and the hitters were up, so they didn't. So that was it. That's all that they needed, mm-hmm. and. Um, I heard the hitters players say to themselves, like, "All right, is that game? Are we starting over?" And like, there was no like, and so they were all on the same page of like, "We're starting over." But apparently, the White Sox guys didn't hear that, um, so they sent out the same pitcher mm-hmm. who pitched, um, and uh, like a guy got on base, right? And then like, um, oh man, we, we probably should have talked over this beat by beat because I don't. It was a couple days ago now that that we saw this, but like. What exactly happened? They, but there was a meeting at the mound. The the, the uh, pitcher, the coach came out to like maybe pull the pitcher or something. Well, I, th- I think what him. happened was the White Sox players and coaches got confused because the hitters were using a different batting order. Well, yeah, yeah. So the kid who made like the last out in the uh, bottom of the fifth was the leadoff hitter, and yep. so then he led off again for the first inning. Of the second game, yeah, but he didn't even notice that at first. Mm-hmm. He didn't even notice that till later. Mm-hmm. I think. But so he came out and was talking. They had a meeting at the mound, which was the only meeting on the mound of the whole game. Yep, the one, the only one mound visit. Yeah, I think Jeremy and I joked about that. That <laughs> it was like their one mound visit. Yeah, um, exactly. And so then he was talking to like, then he started talking to the coach, um, and uh, they were like, oh, "Man, f- bear with me while I." can remember all this because it was actually funny the order in which all this happened but basically the coach the white Sox coach was walking off the field and he's like brandon like what is this bottom bottom six or top or or new game and he was like well, i thought it was a new game i thought we started over i thought it was top one and like they were talking and the ump was still behind home plate and there was already kind of some chippiness between the white Sox coach and and the umpire and so the um, the the White Sox, but Coach Brandon was like, "But well, whatever, we can do bottom six. We, we'll do bottom six, bottom six. And like he was, too, they they were super cool about it, super laid back. And he's like, "All right, all right, whatever." And then so the White Sox catcher goes back into their like bench area, and then he says something to the ump. He's like, "So ump, is it bottom six or or top one?" And uh, the ump goes, "Well, I don't know. You guys were talking. What'd you decide?" Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and so uh, he's like, whatever, bottom of the six, top one. And, like, um, the White Sox coach eventually goes, like, all right, well, whatever, it's fine. New game. You guys already batted. Like, you already batted, like, changed the batting order. So just it's new game. This is top of the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, the, so in essence, that kid pitched the last inning of the first game and the first inning of the second game. Yeah, yeah. He was like Madison Bumgarner in the 2014 <laughs> playoffs, you know, yeah, closing exactly. out one game, starting the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was Marquise Jackson, the Oklahoma commit, uh, who was an interesting, uh, interesting player yeah, which to watch. Yeah, when we run down, the, we'll run down the rosters here in a second and yeah. we can talk about these um, guys. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, and you know, Jeremy, uh, th that guy wasn't exactly like uh, the umpire we watched deal with the uh, Noah Syndergaard uh, Mets situation <laughs> from an earlier episode. Yeah. He, he wasn't exactly in control of the situation. Uh, no. and that was kind of on him. You know, he should have at least, I think so. if not if not completely taken over the situation, at least been in that conversation with the two coaches. Yeah, he wasn't because it's weird. Because on one hand, it's like it's not a professional game, so it's not you know it's yep. pretty lax. On the other hand, it's not like. Um, you know, it's not like a tea, like a kindergarten t-ball game or right. something. You know, so right. it's like it couldn't have hurt the ump to just be like, "All right, everybody, that's game. We're starting over. Top one, batter up." You yep. know, that it, it could have been that simple. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, the the hitters knew the hitters team knew what was going on, but like the White Sox didn't, which is surprising that they didn't couldn't at least hear what was going on. But right. but whatever. Um, but yeah, so it was just kind of awkward and weird. But uh, it, it was you know. No one was sweating it, really. No. Um, but so we watched like half of that inning and then eventually like went down um, to the to the floor. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Um, at one point, that ump did get like get, get a little bit of a, a face burger. Like the ball, like it was a foul tip into the catch, into the umpire's uh, mask. And he like, you know, he took a breather like where they like walk out um, and he cleaned off the plate. And like the plate was like... It was like a scuffed up, like like dirty plate. As yeah, it was. yeah. It's kind of funny. So, like, <laughs> but he did. He did like so. There was like li that little field turf, like those little black particles, like that, like act as dirt. Um, so he he like did clean it off a little bit, but the the plate was dirty anyway. It was just like a, it was just like a, a you know emotion, like a reflex or something. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so that was interesting. But uh, yeah, I don't know. So we, we went down. We watched a, a couple innings of the next game. The the first the was it the hitters pitcher right mm -hmm. was struggling. Yeah, he he struggled. Um, so th th that second game, Jeremy and I didn't stay for all. We only yeah. stayed for an inning or two. But it seemed like the players were kind of laboring at that point. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, and like um, yeah. I mean, uh, we could have stayed. You know, if we if we really wanted to just ingest as much baseball as we could but we we, we got our, a good fill we, we did we wanted to watch a little bit of the second game just to see uh it from the bottom level and then we wanted to just see like you know if like any new pitchers that were going to come in were good and actually the last kid who came in for the white Sox, uh he wasn't on the roster but he was number 46 yeah and, um, uh, he was he was funky with yeah. his delivery. I was I was calling him Funky Tut in my head. You ever uh -huh. see that old Steve Martin yeah, yeah, bit, yeah. Funky Tut? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's not funny. I don't know why it's supposed to be funny, but that was what I thought of. But this kid was like he was doing the Johnny Cueto thing, where he would like turn his back to the hitter and like shake his body and then like pitch. He he quick pitched uh, at one point, and the hitter that was either ball four. They awarded him first base for that. I'm not sure, but like he oh, tried yeah. to quick pitch a kid. Uh, yeah. yeah, he was he was doing all sorts of stuff, and I enjoyed him. He was entertaining, and he was pretty seemed pretty good too. Born in Babylonia, raised in Caledonia, King Tut. Is that Funky is that Tut. what it is? He doesn't say Caledonia, but okay. I think he says uh, Arizona <laughs> or something. But, that, yeah, that was where. Okay, yeah, that was yeah. where we were. It was Caledonia. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, he kind of. I I would say he reminded me a little bit of Jesse Orozco. Okay. If. Uh, if you don't know him uh, from anything else, he 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 like got the last out of the '86 World Series for the Mets. Yeah. Um, but like he was like kind of like tall and lanky, and he did like kind of like a almost like full body turn away. He did like a full body turn away from the plate, and then like would would throw it and like yeah. I really I tweeted at the um, 
what I believe to be the White Sox ace uh, Twitter account to try to get the name of the, the guy, but I, I couldn't get it. But mm-hmm. he's number 46. He's a right-handed pitcher. Okay. Um, and I... Uh, I'd like to get that name because yeah. obviously you look at these kids and you want to like follow them and see if any of them get drafted and you know fo- maybe follow them through the minors uh, and like that kid looked good like he he looked like someone like if I was a scout I would want you know want to keep an eye on yeah him. and he was what I like about him too is that he was kind of cocky like he yeah had a, yeah like you know you don't you you're not gonna do that stuff that that uh, deception stuff uh, at age sixteen. If you don't have a little bit of uh, cockiness and like, yeah. faith in your game, it's like the uh, uh, Moonlight Graham wink. Yeah, yeah, the moonlight Graham Wink, or like, you know, in basketball, if you're wearing a headband. Like, you know, you can't wear a headband if you suck. So, yeah, like, yeah, sure. uh, so so there you go. You know, it's a little bit of an edge. Uh, uh, yeah, so I liked him. With our luck, he'll be in the Hall of Fame, and we'll never have known that we saw him. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, uh, so actually, one of the interesting things about being downstairs, too, is we got a firsthand view of the snack bar. Yeah. Uh, now that was a good snack bar. They had a lot of stuff there. They did. Yeah, yeah. It was le- it was legit. Like there were a lot of like fun. There was like uh, Starburst and 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 uh, Skittles and like a bunch of like uh, snacks. Uh, a, a huge cooler of like uh, of drinks. Yeah, um, I was getting thirsty. They had a, some Diet Seven up there. I wanted one, but I didn't have any cash on me. So, yeah, I know. Um, and then they had they had sandwiches and like it said like delicious sandwiches. They were five fifty each. I, okay. I, I I took a took note. There was okay. like they were like little subs like or little hoagies yep. or whatever. So there was yep. like roast beef and turkey and like yeah, I, I kind of would have liked to get one just to try it. But uh, yeah. yeah, same thing. I was like. It was cash light. I had some cash, but I was like, you know, maybe I'll get something on the way home. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, one of the things, too, was that we actually saw some of the players stop by the vending stand. Uh, yeah. And so so at one point, Marquise Jackson, who had just finished pitching, uh, went over with his coach. Like, his coach went over there, too. Yeah. And they, they the coach ordered uh, a chicken sandwich, a bag of chips, and an ice pack. Yeah, uh, and you know, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of nice." Like he's buying the kid like a, a chicken sandwich after he just <laughs> threw like sixty pitches, and yeah. you know, and was also playing third base before that. And then uh, it turns out that the chicken sandwich and the chips were for the coach. The yeah. coach just ate them like on the sidelines, like yeah. at one of the tables. He gets like they go up to the counter, and she gives them her the the sandwich, the chips, and the ice pack, and he hands the kid the ice pack. And then, like, he goes and sits down with the sandwich. Yeah. The kid was probably hungry. He probably wanted that sandwich. I mean, yeah. I would have rather had the sandwich than the uh, the ice pack. And the ice pack, yeah. Yeah. I should note that as he walked by us, I said, like, hey, nice pitching. He's like, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. No, that, was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a nice kid. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, and I think that's one of, that's that would be one of the perks of being down on the ground levels that the kids are walking by or whatever yeah. if you want to, like... You know, give them kudos or mm-hmm. something, or get their autograph. Maybe I yeah. wonder if it, if someone would have like, if it would have been weird if I would have asked for one of their autographs. Or something. Maybe after the game you could have done. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. Maybe it still would have been weird though. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there would be parents who would like frown upon that. Yeah, or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Some of these kids might actually have cards because yeah. like well, I'm sure that like when Kalanick was playing. First of all, there were probably a lot more people like us at those games yeah, when like Kalanick was there, and probably also people. Asking him for his autograph. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. To, to the probably. point where he probably had a way of dealing with it, whether he would sign for them or just tell them no in some polite way. I yeah, don't he know, pulled but... an Austin back like after the game. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, so like, uh, what do you say? Should we run through the roster here yeah. real quick? Yeah. So um, 
you know, again, like, yeah, you you one of the reasons why to, that you want to go to one of these games is maybe you might see a major league star when he was not only in minor leagues but a freaking high school kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's just some names that stood out to us. I guess we can run down like the hitters roster first. Um, well, first with that catcher um, that we were talking about. Uh, Jonah Jonah Ronsky Ronsky yeah. yeah 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 he was he was batting cleanup okay um and uh, in the top of the third he made a back pick and 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 got someone out at uh, first base yeah he he and he uh, he threw out another kid too at third base I yeah I think say. It's third base um, yeah. yeah he was making some really good accurate throws yeah uh, I was really impressed with him yeah for sure um actually yeah you know he um he got hit by a pitch in the third inning mm-hmm. and he had a. Uh, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, ground rule pop out or whatever. Yeah, um, uh, in the first got, inning. yeah, guys getting you know probably blocking balls in the dirt, getting hit by a pitch, like typical like uh, scrappy catcher uh, night. And uh, he's kind of he was kind of built like a catcher too. He was like I think he's listed at five eleven one seventy five, but he looked like you know stocky. Yeah, um, but yeah. not like not like out of shape. Like he looked like in good shape, just like a fullback or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. for sure. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, I feel like their leadoff hitter uh, Michael Seegers uh-huh. was his name. Um, uh-huh. He played shortstop. He's committed to University of Iowa. Okay, I feel like he was maybe like you know I think the way that you know any sort of like little league goes like I feel like they bat their best players like at the top of the order yeah um and uh, one thing about Seegers that i noticed was that uh when they were long tossing all of his throws were right on the money um, yeah and so that was actually before i had looked at your roster and uh then okay. I, I noticed that that kid had committed to the university of iowa so i was like oh it makes sense that this kid committed to a high major university like yeah. he seems like he's hot stuff for sure, for sure. Um, the third baseman Eric Arado uh, was another uh, guy too who like uh, seemed to like be, look good at the plate uh-huh. for sure. He had uh, two singles, um, one uh, infield single, um, and then one like legit single. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's committed to Northern Illinois University. Okay. So, um, so yeah, uh, let's see. I don't know. Um, Colton Coca. Was the first baseman. Uh-huh. I think he like he looked pretty good at the plate too. Yeah, and he but, has a cool name. Yeah, six three one seventy. I mean, yeah, that's a big that's a big kid year old? for a seventeen year old. That's crazy. Um, yeah, we already talked about Tommy Lamb. Yeah. Uh, yeah, committed to the University of Oklahoma. Pretty legit. Yeah, uh, and throwing eighty seven. Um, but I I mean I gotta say though like uh, I'm just looking at like yeah I mean so so uh, Arado had the had two of the hits. Uh, there were a lot of like of those like. Um, uh, ground rule pop-outs. Yes. Um, when I'm looking at my, my uh, score card here, as much as I did keep score, as much as I could follow. But I got to say, to me, the highlight, the standout um, of the of the team was uh, a kid who came in uh, to pitch in the top of the fifth, um, Arthur LeBeau. Yeah, Artie, Lee, they were calling him. Yeah, I don't know how you... Lebau, L-I-E-B-A-U. Yeah, that, it almost looks like Lebau. Yeah. Um, but, but who knows? Uh, but he was, he was really, he was really good. He was yeah. looking good. He was a righty. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was mowing him down for sure. Yeah, and he started off in the, in the field, I think, or maybe he, he might have been in center field at one point. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he had two, uh, two ground rule outs but um he looked he was kind of like so they got him listed as one six or six six foot one 170 Mm -hmm. um but he kind of had like he kind of had like a muscular build like he i i think that's a kid who i leaned over to you and said he looked like a jb shuck right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. like i i guess he 
I don't know if JB Shuck is six foot one. He might be shorter than that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but uh, but he kind of had like I, and again, not stocky, but com- compact maybe. Yeah, compact yet muscular. Yes. Um, and uh, he looked good pitching. Um, the fact that he didn't start, you know, makes me wonder if he's not like you know one of their top pitchers. But who knows? Um, and uh, but he looked good as a pitcher for he sure. Did. He did. Yeah. So, yeah. It'd be interesting to see where he goes. And he was also like uh, I think he might have been like eighty seven. Uh, they might have had had his uh. Um, fastball listed. Yep, and he was in a little bit lower of a percentile because he was a righty, not a lefty. Yeah, exactly. But uh, he was good. 85. Okay, 85. that's not bad. Yeah, for a kid who's 17. 80, 83rd percentile. The class average is 80 uh, miles per hour. So mm, okay, yeah, looking pretty good. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that that uh. You know. I don't know. Um. For on first glance, like that's that's um. Uh, that's what stood out to me for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, for for that team, I thought yeah. that the White Sox had some solid players as well. Yeah, I, I should say too. There was a kid, uh, Mitchell Elba, uh-huh. uh, who is an outfielder. I have him listed at. He hit eighth. He um, grounded out to shortstop, but he broke his bat. Ah, yeah, and then he bro- and I think he bro- then broke it. Oh, so he broke he it. He got sawed it, yeah. off uh, when he was hitting. Yeah, but then he just cracked it over his knee the rest of the way. Yeah, and then I and then we actually heard like another one of his teammates say like, "You can borrow mine or whatever." Yep. Like so, it's like yeah, and, and at that level, it's like if you break your bat, you have to go to Sport Mart and buy and buy a new one. Yeah, you break <laughs> it, you buy a new one. Yeah. Sport Mart hasn't existed in twenty plus. Years. <laughs> it's like it went the way of Dunham's. Remember Dunham's? <laughs> I don't, I don't know Dunham's. Okay, a Wisconsin thing. Oh, yeah, it might be. All right. Um. So yeah, there were some good players for the White Sox too. We mentioned Colin Malkowski who started the game. Yeah. Uh, we also mentioned Marquise uh, Jackson. Marquise Jackson. Let's talk about him really quick. So he was like, um, I don't know if I could get his uh, stats. Why don't you talk about him real quick? Let me yeah. Well, he was. Um, so he was an Oklahoma uh, commit uh, as well, along with Tommy Lamb. Um, yeah. Just. Uh, a- a really compact kid. He was like, a compact. He was like 5'8", 195, I think yeah, he was Yeah, there you go. 5'8", 195. Uh, yeah. Which is an odd uh, height for anybody who's not like a fullback or something yeah. in, in football. And he looked like a fullback. He looked like, he looked like a fullback. He looked like a football player. Um, he was also wearing the Ioana uh, Cespedes uh, sleeve on his throwing right. arm, which he was. was interesting. It was like a multicolored sleeve, too. Yeah. So yeah. he had some style. Uh, but yeah, I think he hit from the left side of the plate. Uh, he, he started the game at third base. He made a nice barehanded pick of a of a dribbler. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't quite make the throw to first, but it was a it was a nice uh, nice Adrian Beltre esque uh, play or yeah. uh, Ramos Ramirez, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looked good on that, and he, yeah, he hit from the left side of the plate. He looked he looked solid. Yeah, and then he came in to pitch um, in the bottom of the fifth, um, and uh, yeah, I actually had him. He had a double, so okay. he had like the best. Hit of the game, yeah. Uh, which so it hit off the like the screen uh, for like a ground rule double, I guess. Um, but but yeah yeah. Um, so it came into pitch and um, yeah, it just he had like a distinct look to him, like just short, stocky, and uh, um, but like really firing it in. He had kind of like a short wind up, uh, kind of shades of like a Jason Mott type, yeah. of, type of thing, but mm-hmm. uh, but he looked good. He seemed like the kind of guy who like you know with with some grooming. Like I would be interested to see like what he could become. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I just I kind of just wish for his sake he was a uh, two or three inches taller. Right. Yeah. Um, you wonder it's going to be hard for him to like for scouts to look at him, and uh, that's going to be a detriment for him. I think. Yeah, with that with with his body type. Yeah, it's interesting though to see like what could happen. I don't know if he's yeah if he if he still has some some inches to grow, but uh, yeah, I'm not well, sure. Well, yeah, he's already committed to Oklahoma, which is a pretty legit school. It's where Kyler Murray went. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know maybe um, he'll do double duty. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe he'll play some football, too. He certainly has the build. So, yeah, he was interesting to watch. Uh, what was uh, uh, Trey Hondras was his name? Yeah, and uh, I think he was a uh, shortstop. Yeah, and, he was. Uh, a, he was a. So he's a Michigan commit. Yeah, uh, he I don't let know. Off the game. Yeah, I will admit to not knowing uh, a lot about Michigan uh, baseball, baseball, but yeah. uh, certainly the Wolverines are always a, a really good team in uh, both football and basketball. So that's a major university. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, with 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 sports programs that have the like you know that are up there with any sport, I you know there's there's care put into like. Their, their sports program across right. the board, right? Just in general, I would say. So uh, he had the look too. He had like, uh, kind of like his hair. I think his head was like, or his hair was kind of shaved into like a mohawk type of thing, and he had like the bleach, the bleached mohawk. Yeah, so he it, had like a look. You yeah, know? and you, you know, you talk about swagger. Just uh, you know, yeah, this kid. He 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 had the build. He had the look of it. He had, and he had the swa- swagger. He moved. Uh, he, he moved like a kid who knew he was good. Uh, even just when he would go up to like the mound during a mound visit. Uh, at one point, I think I saw him doing the Macarena too when he was bored in the outfield, <laughs> oh, really? which was funny. Um, yeah, I didn't really particularly notice what he did at the plate. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was easy to kind of see why he would have been recruited by a by a big school. Yeah, yeah, he had a. I I, I think I missed some of the White Sox. Uh, things in the first inning but i think they kind of they almost went one two three in the first except yeah. for that double i think um but uh so i think he got outs uh in both at bats that i recorded but um but yeah the second one was a ground rule out um the catcher uh garrett powell was his name mm-hmm. um he had a uh he had a ground rule out that like was one like you kind of wanted to see keep going because yeah. it looked like it could have been like a double or something mm-hmm. um uh, but like a booming uh, shot, uh, um, but uh, I thought he made some good throws to, to second base, like during warmups and everything. Yeah, um, you know, obviously that's something. Like if I could see him more, you know, I could maybe you know get a better grasp of what he was like. But sure, uh, it was he was intriguing. Um, and then there was the uh, the pitcher with the high leg kick, the righty. Um, yeah, for the White Sox. What was his name again? Um, Micah Goins. Micah Go- Goins. Goins or Gowens? Mike, sure. Um, G O U W E N S. He looked good. I think his fastball was uh, was pretty fast, and he he had a really interesting delivery. Uh, a high leg kick. He was a big, big, tall, lanky kid uh, with a with a. Uh, one heck of a, a delivery. Uh, I should. I certainly wouldn't want to go up against him. Yeah, he looked. He had the look of like a major leaguer, like yes. maybe like a like a, almost like a Kyle Farnsworth type or something. Yeah, yeah, uh, minus the brawling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With the propensity to uh, hang out at uh, adult drinking establishments, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, yeah, he um, I, he's definitely someone who I would have liked to see more of. Uh, he, I mean, he pitched two innings. Um, and he looked pretty good. I think he he got into some walk trouble a little bit. But, yeah, he uh, might have been. Um, and after the uh, after he was done pitching, uh, he was rewarded with uh, his mom buying him a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the perks. We we saw him go to the the snack stand and get a Rice Rice Krispie treat. So I hope he makes the majors majors just so I can say like, yeah, I saw him eat uh, a Rice Krispie treat uh, mm-hmm. in in, in uh, high school ball. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he looked really good. Uh, so yeah, Micah Gowans um, and. Uh, uh, Arthur Lebo uh, are two guys that I would that you know and Marquise Jackson like although yeah I, you know it's gonna be tough for him with his with his size but uh, you know who knows the you know Jose Altuve is an right. MVP so and Corey Ray I think is pretty short for the Brewers or at least he seems like he, actually Marquise Jackson seemed like he may have had like kind of a similar build to Corey Ray. I can see uh, that, yeah. 
who had a uh, actually he was up on the alumni wall. Oh, was he? Uh, yeah, because okay. he you know he may have played in that league. He didn't play for the hitters, but okay. maybe he played for like that White Sox team because Corey Ray is from Chicago. I okay. Believe. Yeah. So uh, yeah, interesting. But yeah, there you go. Um, the first baseman. Uh, uh, James Harris, number sixty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he he kind of had like a, a little thing to him. Uh, let's see, Jeremy Figueroa. I think so this is someone who I'm not sure if that was the right person listed, but number sixty-two. Okay. Um, he uh, he reached base in the top of the fourth, either with an error or first or a, or a single. Okay. But um, but yeah, uh, so it was interesting. It was interesting to see these players for sure. Um, uh, I wonder, like, you know, we, we got to do some more research on where these White Sox play because it would be cool to maybe catch a game here. It would know? be. It would be cool. And, uh, yeah, we should mention that the, the uh, jerseys for both teams, actually, even though they didn't have the names on them, they look cool. I mean, the White Sox were wearing uh, the black tops and gray pants that the White Sox Major League team wears. Yeah, they were essentially wearing a Major League uniform. Yeah, so. yeah and the hitters actually had their own uniforms that looked like Major League caliber uniforms, but they had their own logo on their hats. That's actually a pretty cool hat. Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah, you, I think they might have sold some merch, too. They, they oh, they did. had a store. There was a store. They, yeah, they did have a store. There was a team shop. It was, um, not, it was not open. But, well, yeah, uh, it was open, like, at the beginning, and, like, there was, like, you know, a high, high school girl or something working there. Um, oh, oh, it was open. Okay, yeah, it, it would have been interesting to see if they, uh, you could have picked up a set of cards there I, I, I know, I did, I did a quick glance in, and it looked like it was mostly, like, you know, clothing, but... Sure. Uh, yeah, that would have been cool. So, anyway, um, it was a cool experience. It was free. Um, you know, uh, definitely. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I afterwards, I was like, should should I buy a candy bar to like support them or something? Yeah, like, they're making a lot of money on like lessons and like. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. So I think they're doing fine. I don't think they need my sixty cents for. No, no. If Craig Council and Travis Shaw are coming in there on the reg, like yeah, right. I don't think they need our help. Probably not. But um, uh, I should mention like so. What, before we hit the road, Jack, uh, you know, uh, uh, hit hit the restroom. But uh, I was. Talking to uh, Jennifer again, I was stand- leaning over by the Coke machine, watching some, some, uh, some of the action, and she like, you know, she's like, "Hey, so where are you from?" And uh, so I walked over there to talk to her, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just from Chicago, you know, uh, you know, we um, we heard about you guys because." Um, you know, uh, Jared Kalanick played here, right? And she's like, yep. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, we heard about you through that. And uh, we're just big baseball fans. And she's like, oh. And she like, she like, uh, it's like she didn't know like how to, how to take us. Like, cause of course, yeah. And on one hand, maybe it could be weird for us, a couple of guys in their thirties going to watch like some high school kids play baseball or something. But, um, you know, uh, you know, I said you were from like the area and, uh, we're just big fans. And, uh, she was like, I think she was just kind of like, uh, like surprised that there were people as big of fans that would drive up from Chicago to see like, this. Yeah. In a, in, you know, not, not the best conditions to go up and watch a game. So maybe but. nobody did go to see Kellenick when he was playing here. It <laughs> certainly mean, seemed out of the blue. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I always wonder, like, how how hardcore are we? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, Jeremy, uh, it's a good question. I mean, we were certainly the only non-parents or like non-family members. I think so. There, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So who knows? Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, that place had nice restrooms too. They, oh, yeah. uh, they were they were they were pretty nice. It was a class joint all around. There was nothing. Uh, you know, Jeremy mentioned possibly helping helping them out, but yeah, they clearly didn't need help. They they uh, it was it was a class joint all around. I would have actually liked to maybe we could rent out one of those batting cages one time. And, oh yeah. Uh, you know, pl- play on there. I'd be willing to do that. Yeah, but, that would uh, be funny. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a good experience. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll go back next year. Maybe not. But uh, depending on if there's a really good prospect. Back there, maybe Council's kid. Maybe we'll do it. See if we can catch Craig there. Right. Yeah. I know. I. You know. It's feasible. We were discussing this. Like, it's very feasible that he would have been there mm-hmm. um, at the game. So yeah, I was like, you know, maybe we could have brought a, a card for him to sign and have a, a lighter experience. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. And like you know, I. I. We 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 were looking at some of the the pictures and they do actually play outdoors. Yes, they do. So yeah. Um. So yeah. When it warms up. So um. That would be fun to see them. Like it in, would be in actual like conditions where they could really show their yeah, stuff yeah because there wasn't a lot the kids could really do um no. we didn't really get to see a lot of plays get made uh but we did get to see live pitching but uh it would yeah it would be good to see these kids in an actual game situation yeah absolutely so so yeah so uh that that was that was our hitters experience um uh just some like housekeeping things uh you know following up from the last last week's episode we were talking about uh the hall of fame ballots and we were talking about sammy sosa and uh i you know as any like uh, Chicago like like someone at least in their their thirties uh, Cubs fan uh, should know like the, the whole like Sammy Sosa commercial thing is like a big deal like I think it's something that like like any person of like my age or, or possibly older can like joke about um, and I, I I was like beside myself for like screwing up his commercials last week so. Um, I think I talked about like there was one online or whatever, and then there were like two that that are just missing forever. So like the the I love to hit a home run that was for a WGN like game where like you would guess like you know like if a guy hits a home run, you write his name down, send it in, and you'll be entered to win like airfare or somewhere. Okay. But he turns to the camera and says, "I love to hit a home run." Yeah. Uh, then there was like the video game one, uh, or not? No, no, no. Then there was the Fox Sports one with him and Sandberg where, like, he has to give mouth-to-mouth to to the guy with the sunflower seeds. Oh, no. That Mm -hmm. one. Then the one that is on um, YouTube that has got – gets great comments and, like, that one's probably more known nationally. There was a Sammy Sosa video game or there was a video game featuring Sammy Sosa and – it it, it features his his, uh, Cracker Jack acting in it. And, uh, you know, they're talking about how realistic the game is or whatever. And, like, he turns to Cameron and he goes, it's so real. Oh, like my that. God. And so that's what uh, I, I was able to find that and post it on uh, under the show notes uh, on raindelaytheater.com uh, from last week's episode. So that was the one that I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's one that's probably most well-known and there's an actual clip of it. So I was beside myself with that because I figured it out. Even before we posted the episodes, but I just couldn't go back and fix it. So I, I needed to get that off of my chest. Okay, okay. So there's that. I also wanted to mention um, uh, a funny thing that happened is uh, – so I, uh, I've talked about collecting baseball cards. And I think we need to do a baseball card episode. Sure. And soon. Um, we should do it before the season starts. Okay. Um, but uh, we'll figure out some like way where we could do that 
we're on a non-visual medium. Um, but uh, so I, I collect a lot of baseball cards, and eBay is the place to do that nowadays. Like sadly, a lot of card shops are like struggling because people just buy cards off of eBay, and that's also a good way to to uh, find out how much your cards are worth. Because Beckett can, there's Beckett price guides, and they can say whatever they want, but it's like. You can look at what they actually sold for on eBay. Yeah. That's how you value your cards nowadays. Um, so I sell cards as well. Like, And honestly, I should sell more because I, I'm starting to get too many. But um, on eBay, you can like leave feedback and give feedback or whatever. And so I sold like um, a Twins card to somebody or whatever. And people can leave you feedback. And usually they leave like, you know, quick, like fast shipping uh a plus, a uh, great eBayer is one of the they, they've turned eBay into a, a noun, yeah, and a verb, and like um, you know, a plus plus whatever. That's the feedback you usually get. Someone someone left me feedback on a on a twins card that I sold them, and they wrote, "Well, the twins suck, but luckily this seller doesn't." <laughs> so I thought that was funny, and like, so that's if you go to my my eBay uh, profile, that's one of my positive feedbacks. Nice. So it was a nice way. Uh, you know, I'm always a fan of like a um, uh, a self-deprecating uh, sports fan, um, and uh, you know, I think that that was pretty funny. Um, I uh, the Twins are making some interesting moves. They're they're picking up a lot of guys like on one-year contracts. I feel, and I don't know, they might be okay. They got Nelson Cruz. Yeah, that's not bad, right? Uh, you know, he could do some damage there. For they sure. got AJ, or, uh, Jonathan Scope. I mean, they're getting guys who yep. like like. You know who like have potential if all if everything goes right. Right. Um. You know that it's a big if, but it could happen. Yeah. I um. I mean, the Brewers fully admitted that like you know they were willing to take the chance that Scope would not be the thirty home run, hundred RBI guy he was in twenty seventeen. Yes, and most likely he won't be. But yep. uh, you know who who knows? Uh, he, they could catch lightning in a bottle with him or something. I'd like to read some of that user's other reviews. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're I know. just all ragging on the Twins. Yeah, probably. Like, Joe Maurer was a disappointment, but this item wasn't. You know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, the last thing, I guess, before we go is uh, yeah. Joe, uh, Joe Ricketts. Oh, Joe Ricketts, yeah. yeah. The guy who didn't know what the Cubs, who needed to be explained what the Cubs were. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so the story uh, came out, was it yesterday that it came out? Uh, maybe well, two days ago. It's been leaking this whole time, I feel like. Yeah. Someone, first of all, where are these emails? Did someone hack? Did, did they... Did they get through the fappening to uh, Joe Ricketts' email account or yeah, something? Yeah. Someone, like, got – has access to all his emails and are, like, you know, like, posting these things. So, like, he uh, wrote something anti-Muslim. Uh, the way it's written is is just, like, completely, like, like subhuman. It's like – Muslims are naturally my enemy. Like, what, who talks like that? I mean, maybe a racist piece of shit um, talks like that. But, um, but yeah. So, listen. Every day, there's a new news story about why it's getting harder and harder to be a cub. They're they're becoming the patriots of baseball. Yeah. In the sense that they're the the like ownership and you know behind the scenes are just just horrible shit eating pieces of. Right, and, and they you know support guys like Addison Russell, uh, yeah. et cetera. Just, just stuff that's a bad look, and they seem to kind of screw it up at every yeah. turn. I will say at least it's only the ownership and not like the, the general manager. Like, I think Theo's a good guy. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, and like, it's just, it's funny. It's actually funny to think about like behind the scenes because it's like, okay, Laura Ricketts is like, 
she's uh, you know out of the closet, like lesbian, like Hillary supporter, Democratic. Uh, Tom Ricketts or Todd Ricketts, let's say, uh, is is you know on the Trump in Trump's cabinet or whatever. Uh, Joe, the one Ricketts is like a shitty, a shithead, like senator uh, from like Nebraska. Yeah, he's I in think. Nebraska, I think. Yeah. By the way, let's you know, hey, let's remain bipartisan here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, but anyway, uh, and so uh, and Joe Ricketts is a piece of crap. Uh, Tom Ricketts uh, is like a business guy, and he's trying desperately to to stay neutral mm-hmm. and like be business minded to not alienate anybody yeah and so he released a statement about joe ricketts but you know it's bad news so i was thinking like i know a good way for all this bad news this bad publicity to go away for the cubs sign bryce harper that'll that'll get people forgetting about these uh islamophobic (laughs) emails pretty damn quick yeah yeah i don't know if it's gonna happen but uh yeah no, uh, well, I don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, I, I, I hypothesize that I think it's the, the whole thing is going to blow away in two, two days anyway. Yes, nobody's yeah. going to be talking about it. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll save the four hundred million. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Harper uh, and Manny Machado will still be unsigned probably by the next time we do our next episode, approximately two weeks from now, which I'm will guessing. be into spring training. Yeah, we will be. Um, and uh, so that's coming up next uh, Tuesday, right? Mm, yeah, pitchers yeah. And catchers next report next for- Tuesday, uh, certain some teams, pitchers and catchers report the twelfth. Then I think there are other teams that report like the thirteenth and fourteenth. But yeah, uh, yeah, majority. it's going to be gonna be uh, uh next week so yeah so we've almost made it through the off season we're, we have we're getting we're getting close we're at we're at almost pitchers and catchers reporting so that's good um so uh that'll that'll do it for us for this episode um you know again uh leave a review or uh rating uh on itunes um you know just find us on social media uh rain delay pod and most of those instagram and twitter and uh rain delay pod at gmail.com uh we appreciate all that uh, we're gonna make a big push for like you know publicity like uh, for this for this next for this upcoming season. Absolutely, you know? feel free to say you know uh, Lance Lynn was garbage uh, for the first half of last season, <laughs> but this podcast wasn't. Yeah, exactly. You know? so yeah, anything that, is that's, fine. That's the kind of yeah. I know. I should get that eBay guy to give us a review on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right, we got to figure this all out, guys. So um, so we'll uh, we'll we'll, t- we'll cut it off there for now. Uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Strakowski. We'll see you next time on Rain Delay Theater. Bye.